Hi, Pastor James. This is Gloria from Grown Up Eruptions, and I just felt like I needed to pray for you, but at the same time, I wanted you to hear the same prayer that I'm praying for you. So, dear Lord, we come to you this afternoon to pray for Dr. James and his life, Dr. James and his congregation, and sharing the word with the world through his podcast, through his sermons, and through his everyday life. Dear Lord, we pray that he continues to continue the calling that God has given him to share the word with those who are possibly ignorant, possibly unknowingly not knowing the right and the wrong of what they are doing. Lord, I pray for those who feel that there is no way out and that Dr. James's podcast will lead you to the word in God. And I also pray that Dr. James continues to make these amazing podcasts to describe to the youth, the young adults, and even the elderly of people who do not know the Bible as well as they think they do, to tune in to Dr. James' Walk in Truth radio station to understand something as simple as what and where God's word is coming from. Dear Lord, we continue to pray for his life, his health, his finances, his physical being as he expands and grows in your word, Lord, as he continues to share his life and his love with those who desire to listen to his word. Amen. God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from the Lord. No, just tell what we're at. Exodus 13, 21 and 22. Uh, somebody read that for me. Since Karen goes read it, she's like Exodus. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 Speak loud, Karen. Reading in the book of Exodus, chapter 13, starting at verse 21, and it reads, if I can see it. By the day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillow of, a pillow of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. And so when we when we were talking about this before, when remember that he told Joshua to meditate uh, on the law day and night, this was the chapter that I was talking about. And so I'm going to go back before we get into chapter two because um, I want to say this. If you don't understand something, you need to stop me. If you don't stop me, I'm not going to stop. Because I'm going to assume that you know what I'm talking about. Okay? So, um, key thoughts for this section. Remember we talked about this is the Abar. Um, chapters 1 through 5, 2. This means it's the crossing of Joshua. Okay? And that the backdrop is um, Moses has died, right? And Joshua is taking over because God gave him 
the uh, basically the baton to keep on doing what the work that he wanted him to do. To keep on, because remember, Joshua's job is going to be giving the land that God promised who? Who did he promise this land to? Abraham. Abraham. He promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations and that he would give them this land, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so this is what Joshua, did Joshua is going to deliver, I mean, bring Israel with the help, well, God is going to help him do this for God's behalf, right? All right. So just wanted to make sure that we go over there and we wanted to get a comparison the last time we were here on how Moses and Joshua both um, were 80 years old, right? When they did this ministry, correct? Correct. And both, um, hold on one second. And both both started. Um, can you give this to? Um, I forgot the name. Vicky. Sorry about that, Miss Vicky. That's okay. I have to say your name a couple it. of times. I should know your name because people uh, messes up my name and say Vicky for some reason. And my name on here with A. It's like a Venus, they call you Vicky. Yeah, because they think I'm not. Whatever. So, when we left. you have another for Stacey? I thought you gave her her. No, I didn't. I'm going to tell you. I don't have anything. Well, Vicky, here. Here. We got it. This is Nancy. Not Nancy. Stacey. Everybody got it? Okay. So um, when we left off, we were going into chapter two, and we talked about the parallel scriptures and with Moses in Numbers 13 and 14, and we're talking about Alvar, the missions of spies. And when we, we left off, we talked about spies are not for attack, but what are they for? Reconnaissance. What else? To gather information. Information, intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. To observe vulnerabilities and threats, okay? So is everybody knowing where we at right now before we go to chapter two? Okay. So do you have do you do you have your handout from last week, Bill? Yes. Okay. So we on the um the second page of the handout. Is it the one where Noah's God? No, no, no. Yeah. Where it says Moses and Joshua. That's two. Yes. Okay. And we we finished story at Joshua two eight through eleven. So are is everybody where? Um, we're at right now. Yeah. That's where we're picking up. Okay. Because everybody, so everybody knows this is where um, we are. We picking up where the spies are. Correct. Correct. Yes. All right. So we're going to go to uh, Joshua two, verse eight through eleven. Nancy, please. Yep. Before the men lay down. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Let's stop. Who was she? Who was, who was she? Uh, Rahab. Okay. Just want to make sure. Go ahead. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Ah, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, 
and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. And so Rahab recognizes, and he, she says everybody there recognized, Rahab recognized who God is. And she talks about uh, the heavens above and the earth below. Let's go to Exodus 20 and 4. And for your reference, the scriptures should be right under there. So if, if we're going too quick, the scriptures are in the handout. Exodus 20 and 4. Stacey, can you read that for me? <clears throat> Exodus 20 and 4 reads Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth and she talked about what's in the heavens above and the earth below correct let's go to Deuteronomy 4 and 39 today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. Deuteronomy 5 and 8. You 5 and 8. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, Go ahead. Okay. Thou shalt not make any graven, graven image or any in the earth beneath or dead in the water beneath the earth. So God is, God is established, and so Rahab say I, they they knew the law and what's going on, and they not even in the religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's how powerful the message is. She said we found, we know what y'all did in all, and we know what y'all did in what was the other place, Shinhan, and so we our hearts melted because we like we ain't finna mess with this God. So Rahab acknowledged who God was. So my question for you guys are, do you think that the spies were um, surprised that they found an, um, an ally in a harlot? Good question. Good question. I wouldn't think so. You don't think what they've seen God do. But the, the, you know what? That's a good point. But you, you recall, and that's a good point to branch out where I want to go. You recall that about 80, what, 40 years before, they sent out spies and they, um, did some, who, so two, only two had a good report, right? Mm -hmm. So you would think they would think of that, but in reality, do you, is that a surprise? That they just hardly knew about God and then she was like, oh, I'm gonna protect y'all? Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that this harlot was just for money and she would give them away? Because you know they knocked on her door and said, mm -hmm. we seen them come in there. She could have been killed if they knew that she was hiding. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, they yeah. stood out. Yeah, they, they stood recognized, out. Recognized, yeah, they were. Right. Them. So, are you surprised? I want to know, are you surprised that they found Allah and Harley? I'm surprised they even went to a Harley's place. I, I think so. I think that's uh -huh. surprising. But it, it is surprising, right? But you see God's, you see that God's reputation preceded him, right? Mm -hmm. But 
But let me ask you a question. So maybe my thing is that like they don't know what kind of they don't know who the people no, are. No, no, no. They don't even know who they are. So no, no. Let's go back right? in two. Let's go start. They knew where they went. Remember when we read before A? Yeah, I see it. They knew where they, they went. Show up. They knew where they went. They went down purpose. They knew where they went. But my question is, are they used to are they is that is would it be surprise you that they would give their confidence and their safety to a harlot? Yeah, to me, yes. But then where else, in, where else in the New Testament where a harlot was trusted? Okay. Oh, you talking about the woman at the well? Yeah, it's in the woman at the well. Where else? It's ain't there only one part of Mary Magdalene. Uh -huh. Mary Magdalene. Yeah. God, this is the point I'm trying to make is God uses who he wants to use to do his work. So God's no respect of person. No, and even in the new in, in the Old Testament, he used Rahab to save the spies. It would have been more profitable for her. To give them to him, give them to the king, then for her to protect them. But she feared God over the king. She sure did. That's what Took her life into her own hands. Yeah. yeah. Or trusted God. She trusted life. God. And she didn't even know God. This wasn't but her she, God. She is in Jericho where they idol worship. That's how she, we had y'all read those other scriptures. They idol worship. Yeah. So there's no reason why Rahab should have been like, oh, I love this God. She said, my heart melted when I found out what your God did. So that her heart melted because she was scared of what this God did. Because they had heard about what he did Correct. for the Egyptians. Correct. But for real, her thing is she just supposed to commit a service. She wasn't supposed to protect them. So, she, But she's smart too. She's a businesswoman. All right, I already know y'all going to win because y'all God is good. So in exchange, so she still got a business mind, but she's but she still got that fear of God. So I want y'all to think about that. God uses who He wants to use when He wants to use them, and it don't it don't only happen in the New Testament. It happened in the Old Testament too. And sometimes we 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 glorify, we glorify or make this Rahab story such a big story, but it's deeper than what we we've been looking at. And then Rahab is included in the Hall of Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrew. Correct. And we're gonna be talking about that later on. Okay, let's go to Joshua twelve through sixteen. Thank you, Miss Vicky. That's a good. That's a good analysis. Thank you for popping us off. Go ahead. Before they left, she said to them, "Don't go straight home, but head for the hill, hill country, and stay there, and stay there for at least three days, because tomorrow morning the king's." Men will go out looking for you again, and they won't give up easily. But after a few days, you can go home. Keep on. So it's supposed to be 12 through 16. Oh, you said 12. Yeah. Nancy, just pick up the jumps from 12 through 16, because mm -hmm. I need a little bit more explanation. Okay. But thank you, um, Lily. Okay. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, 
then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. Keep on to 18. Then the men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come <coughs> to the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather to your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. Keep on. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. Go ahead. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Okay, so it's called Hesed. It's an agreement. Steadfast and genuine. There should be an empty part on your thing. That's an agreement. They made an agreement. It's a contract. Something I like. Quid pro quo. And that means that I'm going to give you this for that. So they had an agreement saying, uh, she said, if, you say, if, I, if I keep the secret and protect y'all, y'all going to be, my, my family going to be safe. Right. Okay? So let's dig, dig deep into this contract. Let's look at the scarlet woman. This is the scarlet woman, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, she believed in God, and we, na we just named other scarlet women who believe, right? Mm -hmm. Rahab is a scarlet woman. When I say scarlet, everybody know a harlot, right? Mm -hmm. The woman at the well was a scarlet woman. Stacy said Mary Magdalene was a scarlet woman, right? Mm -hmm. So what is this scarlet similar to I wait I'm moving from this scarlet core is red okay we're open the Bible we lost what's the significance of it red is for blood okay so what's the significance of it symbolize the blood yeah. of Jesus okay we're talking about a contract, a covenant. Where else in the Bible where the symbol of blood was a covenant that protected people? Oh, um, during the Passover. Okay. That, and so that's a direct correlation between jo jo Joshua and who? Moses. Because they had to do what it was going to say, door. In order for the, the, the uh, angel of death to pass that house. Right. So they told her to put a scarlet cord on her door. Mm -hmm. So when we come in and they, we're going to pass it. Right? Right. right. That's a little mini castle. Okay. So that's the wow. simplistic one, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go deeper. What is the, if it's the scarlet cord represents the blood, who else made a covenant to protect us? Jesus. Thank you. That was easy. 
I was gonna sit here until you gave me the answer. <laughs> because when he, he sacrificed his life, he made a perfect covenant with God to protect us. Quid pro quo, quid pro quo. His life for our salvation. His life for our life. That's a sacrifice that he didn't have to do. If he had decided that he wasn't gonna die for us, we would have been doomed. So as you can see, the scarlet cord, the scarlet, the scarlet, the blood represents a lot. And that's a lot of times in the covenant. Even let's go even far, forward. What about Abraham and his son? He was gonna have to shed what? Because it was gonna be a covenant between him and God. God wanted to see if he trusted him. So it's gonna be your son for me. For your faith in God. And said he, he gave him a remnant and he gave him an offering so he can do uh, animal's blood instead of his son's blood, but the blood is still significant. Well, even back to the first offering in uh, Genesis. Blood. What's blood? Genesis? Mm hmm. Y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel? Mm hmm. Abel offered a more perfect sacrifice? Yeah. yeah. So let's look. Um, when, uh, Adam and Eve, when God had to slay an animal yep. to get him covering. There you go. That's right. It starts out it's even firing on this in the Bible. And yeah. so what we're trying to make everybody that see. Good there. That, right. was that was really good. That was really, really good. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I want y'all to see it's an interconnection. Nothing is literary, nothing is standalone by itself. Well, basically, so, what I see, I gotta ask you this. So what I see is a continuous pattern of God saying something has to be sacrificed. Yeah. For me, correct, and it has to be blood. Yeah, but is it? But think about just saying that. Is that kind of gory and unacceptable? But that's in, life. In, in, in normal talk, you know that. That because I've heard people say the God of the Bible is a bloodthirsty, you know, bloodthirsty God. He wants blood in, blood out from all the way through. You know, just in our carnal thinking. Yeah. So everybody see the connection. It's not just as simple as she puts something on her door. It's, an, it's simple. It's a symbol that most of the time we miss. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Think, and even let's think about this. Let's even go even more carnal than that. I'm not trying to be gloomy and gory, but even when us as women go through our cycle and we and we and we flush that blood out, when we don't, we create new life. That's right. But every time we have a cycle, that's that covenant that between God and Eve, because Eve, Eve did wrong. Right. And we keep having to have to have this because of, to remind us of her sin. Right. I'm not trying to be right. I mean, that's true. But that's the truth. Yeah. And so we get mad at Eve, but we are sinful people too. Okay. So let's look at the conditions of the, the agreement. I love quid pro quo. Help us escape Put the scarlet cord in the window. Keep our secret. Have your family stay in the house. It's on the paper. Pull the paper out. So I'm gonna go slower. It says, she said, help us escape. Right? Mm -hmm. Put the scarlet card in the window. 
These are their conditions. Despise conditions to her, right? Mm -hmm. Keep our secret. She just read that, right? Stay in the house. Make sure your family, everybody in your family, stay in the house. Right? Mm -hmm. In exchange for this, Mm -hmm. your family will be spared. But, caveat, if you tell anybody, our deal is off. If your people decide to be like, um, who is that? Lot's wife and come outside, they dead. And if we go in there, it's on our head. So you got something against, you got something holding over us, and we got something holding over you. Basically, you keep our secret and do all this, our life, your life for your life and your family's life. Our contract is soft. Yep. If we violate it, all bets off. off. If we violate it, we wrong because it's because we you protecting us. You doing what God wants for us. If you do something wrong, then all bets out you die. Mm. So disobedience puts us in a position to be unprotected. Correct. Mm. And so she, of course, as soon as she left, what you read? She put that cord up there (laughs) real quick. (laughs) Right. Now, her family had a choice, just like Moses, not Moses, Noah. His family had a choice, too. He told them people around, look, you better get on this boat, like, or you gone. And so then they gone, right? Because they, they didn't believe. But her family was spared because she feared God and kept her promise. And because she feared God and kept her promise, God kept his promise. Yeah. Right? She yeah. that she didn't have experience with. Just she, yes. She heard. But just on reputation. Just on reputation. Well, think about it goes with that faith come by hearing and hearing come by uh-huh. hearing God. Right. right. So let's go to Hebrews 11 and 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Mm. James 2 and 25. way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. That's faith. Right. And she ain't even had our experiences. But let's think about this. Rahab had more faith than people in. How is this possible? The woman at the well had more faith in Jesus than the people that walked with him. That just proves that God don't look at the, the at the person, the respect of the person. That person have more faith because they ain't got nothing to lose. Right. They don't feel in what entitled. Mm. Mm. That's when you ain't got nothing else, what, what else she had to lose? She did, she was going to either be killed by the king if the king found out that she was hiring the spies, or she was going to get killed by the Israelites. She ain't have nothing to lose. But yeah, either way she was going to be messed up. But she gave her faith in God because of his reputation. That's deep. You get what I'm saying? So let me, before I move on in this chapter, does everybody understand what the contract was? What was the contract here? The contract. Between the spies and Rahab. That they don't talk, they don't, uh, 
about the secrets and me tell what was going what went on. Who was? Who 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 was? No, no. So, read about, I mean, no, no. Let me ask you. We're gonna slow down. What did Rahab have to do on part of her part of the contract? Keep the secret. What else? And to put the red thing on the door. Uh huh. And what and else? To make sure her family is inside. Uh huh. And and and, and also what? Hide them. And hide them. Right. And so, and for that exchange, what did the spies promise her? Uh, they would save her. They would uh, pass her door and. Okay, so so I'm gonna make sure before I move to the next thing that she this is a contract. They didn't write this contract down on a piece of paper. Their word was their bond. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between now and society. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people word ain't worth nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to have pieces of paper. But back in the day, if you had your word, if you said this is what I'm going to do. You died if you didn't honor your word. Right. It wasn't no, I'm gonna take you to court. <laughs> Except during the time of Solomon. Because remember, he was doing, he was a judge, he's splitting the baby in half, which right. which this is how he found out. And that woman got in trouble for lying, stealing that woman baby. But that's the difference. They had word contracts. We have physical contracts and still don't honor those. We have, we, we say with our mouths, remember we talked about that in James, we use our mouths for anything. So, oh God, if we make promises, what did the pastor say uh, this Sunday? We make promises that we don't have to make promises for. Amen. Why, why, you don't even have to talk. Most of the time we say we're gonna do something and don't really need to say we're gonna do it, just do it. Just do it. She didn't have to promise them all that, but she also knew she wanted her life. Amen. Her family's life and her family's life. Right. But as you can see the correlation, she's saving her family. And just because like her family got saved, Aiken family had to die hmm. because of a broken promise and disobedience. That just happened in my mind, just that point, that moment. That's just, and just for one person's obedience, her whole family was spared. And for one person's disobedience, her family was taken away. Now think about this, That's what else is in the scripture? Because of one person's obedience, we are all saved. Yes. Yes. Jesus. Go on, please. Teach us. Yes. Yeah. I thank God for Jesus because I showed sure I don't want. I didn't want. I don't want to die for my parents' mistakes. Yeah. One person's disobedience punishes us. Okay. So go ahead, Nancy. Pick up twenty-two to twenty-four. They departed and went to the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hand. And also, all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. So what do you, what do you think number 24 means? Say it again. And they said to Joshua, Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hand, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. So what does that mean? They feared that they, they feared them. They heard about them. You really think that, that all the inhabitants uh, of the land melt away because of us? That, now, there's a different context when Rahab said her heart melted. 
Do you think that this melted is the same as how Rahab's heart, or does it mean something else? Well, what happens when something melts? It liquefies. It dissipates. So all the inhabitants of the land, except Rahab, will melt away. What does that mean? They're going to conquer them. Thank you. They're not going to conquer them. God didn't tell them to conquer them. He told them to kill them. They didn't get spared. Because remember, let's, let's, let's go there. Achan got in trouble for taking something that he wasn't supposed to take, and he, they were not supposed to spare anybody. They weren't supposed to take no prisoners. They weren't supposed to... This, now, mind you, this is parallel to something else. Who else wasn't supposed to take no prisoners? Who was supposed to kill everybody and not take nothing? Sorry. No? Sorry. Start with an S. Sorry. 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 The same thing. You supposed to come in here and you do what I tell you to do. And if you disobey, here's the consequences. So these inhabitants, except Rahab, are all going to melt away. And that's a nice way to say they don't die. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I want to clarify because I heard somebody say Saul Paul. We're not talking about Saul Paul, we're talking King Saul. No, King Saul. In the Old Testament. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't hear that part. I would have corrected yeah. that. So let's think about that. All the people are melting in fear because of us. My verse says melting away. But they knew that these Israelites were coming, right? Think about this. They, how, how do you think you would, if you were the um, inhabitants of Jericho, what would you do? When that wall fell, I don't know what I would have done. I'd probably be nanny, 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 y'all can't get in until the wall fell. All right. Let's go to Exodus 15, 15 through 16. Well, I bet you the women back in those days, the ones that could talk to their husband, probably was telling them, you heard what happened if they come and our children to step up and let's go. Right. Well, who knows what the men wanted to do and tell the last men. Good. Exodus 15, somebody get that. 15 through 16. 14, 15, no, 15. 15 through 16. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, the mighty men of Moab, the mighty men of Moab, trembling shall take hold upon them, all the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall come upon them by the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone, till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. Mm. And my commentary says, so the fear of the enemy brought encouragement to Joshua and the spies and all of Israel. It wasn't a report about a weak point in the wall or a failure of the enemies of Jericho. There was no hope that the enemy would sign a freely peace agreement. So what they, what the encouragement was, wasn't saying when they went on the spy thing, they didn't find the weakness in the wall. They found out that these people were scared. Right. Not scared of them because of what they did already, but because of the God they served. Right. Mm -hmm. So Joshua was like, okay, we got this. Mind you, Joshua's still human. He, he believed in God, but he needed that encouragement. Remember in, in chapter 1, he had God had to remind him that I'm competent. Encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. I'm trustworthy. I got this. And so but when you heard 
These people scared. Now you coming in there a little cocky, you know what I'm saying? And it makes you feel like, okay, God didn't um, didn't leave us. Yeah. So this book talks about, uh, and this is uh, Holman's Old Testament com uh, commentary. It, it says that the principles that we should get out of this is that all Christians need to live out their faith like Rahab. Mm, that's a that's simple God. thing to say, yeah. but that's hard as all get out. It's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack, and it's, it's to me, it's hard because you got you you pray and you and you got faith, but walking that walk to say that I don't even know this guy, he gonna save me. It's hard enough, but when you know God will do it, you still doubt. Yeah, but and you, you, but you, you don't have that faith that Rahab has. That's, I mean, you know, that's my point. Yeah, we trust in the truth of what He says. Right. And not what we see. Walk by faith and not by sight. Right. And walking by faith. So to me, and I'm not asking God to do this, mm -hmm. it's easier to walk by faith when you can't see. Amen. Take it from me. I mean, it's true. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. It is really the truth. It's easier as a child to walk by faith than as an adult to walk by faith. Mm -hmm. Because a child don't have no reason to doubt. Mm. As an, if you if an adult tell them they gonna do something until the adult don't do it, they believe the adult gonna do it, and they walk blindly in faith in this person, in this God. Mm -hmm. If you tell a kid that God is real, they believe that God is real because my mama told me God is real, mm -hmm. and ain't nothing else gotta happen for them to realize that God is real. Mm -hmm. Become when we become adults and and teenagers, and we forget that God is real because we see things in our intellectual mind messes up our programming. And so God has to take something away or put a trial in our way in order to see who he is. When he really is really not necessary because we have the word in other people's experiences, but we have to work it every, you know, work it every day. And it also says that Christians need to find support and encouragement in the victories God sent our way. We forget about those victories when we're going through them trials. Mm -hmm. So now Joshua was like he was encouraged because his people are scared, but you were supposed to have the faith anyway. Mm -hmm. And he was reminded, yeah, at the beginning, to be encouraged and do not be afraid. You know, he was reminded about that even in chapter one. And you, he had to be reminded, mm -hmm. you know, just like be encouraged. Like mm -hmm. I ain't gonna leave you. Like so, we, Joshua had to be. Yeah, encouraged. but but he didn't. Doesn't sin cause our minds to be messed up? Because Achan sinned, and that messed him up. Yeah. As we get older, we sin, and that derails us from what God has promised. It's like the more we sin, the more we take, don't pay attention to what God has done and is doing. And we're always looking for the big thing versus the little victories. I mean, one of the things that the Bible tells us to be thankful all the time. So what are we thankful about? We think about the little victories that we have every day. Yeah. Waking up. Being, you know, having our right mind. <laughs> Little victories that God gives us because everybody doesn't have to be like us. So let's just think about something also. I'm going to go back to Rahab because I think it's important. When we named Rahab um, and we talked about Mary, but Rahab is, her faith is placed with the other four women in Jesus' genealogy. Mm -hmm. So Tamar, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. And of course, Rahab are all women in Jesus' genealogy that were not. Mm 
Of course, Mary was a Jew, but the rest of them wasn't. We forgot Ruth was not a Jew. She married into a Jewish family. And they talk about Bathsheba and Tamar. And all those women, God used, used them for different things. And so it, it just put her up there. Think about it. Rahab is mentioned in the New Testament. That's important. Just because what she did, say, you know, help, help Jericho. Help us help them get the land. Okay? So, I'm opening um, I'm opening up this part to get to make sure that we got chapter one and two down. Because we're going to start three next week and we're going to have a quiz next week. So let's talk about what we've learned so far. And this is where you can get your questions asked. I'm slowing this down for y'all. So ask on or discuss on. So what, what concepts in chapter one did y'all miss that y'all didn't get? What were those four Greek words I want to know again? Abar means to cross. Cross. Um, Laquah means to take. Um, I'm just going to spell it. H-A-L-A-Q means to divide. And Abad means to serve. Okay. All right. And those are the four sections in which Joshua is broken up into. So right now we are still in Abar. So we're still in the crossing. The crossing. And we're going to be in the crossing to chapter 5. 5 and 12, anyway. Okay? I'm, so I'm leaving the floor open for us to discuss chapters 1 and 2, what, we, what you might have missed, and what you got questions on, or if you got any insight before I move to chapter 3. Know that God is. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk of Truth Radio Podcast. I would like to encourage and invite all those who are in the St. Louis metropolitan area to come out and worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ, 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. Our Bible study times are 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All are welcome. Please come join us, worship with us, and learn with us. Bring your smile, bring your faith, and bring everything you know about God. We really love the interaction, sharing, and the fellowship. So come on out and join us every Sunday, 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ, 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114, and at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. every Tuesday at the same address. I'm looking forward to meeting you and enjoying the fellowship with you. This is Pastor Jay. 
I always want you to be encouraged and be at peace. See you on the other side.